I appreciate your input. It's just not valued. <laughs> done and done. Hey, everybody. Matt here. I just wanted to take a minute off the top to thank everyone on behalf of the Mass Brotherhood for participating in their first recruitment drive. We had some great submissions, and frankly, we got a lot more attractive recruits than the last batch, so that's uh, that's much appreciated. Now, on to what I'm sure you're more interested in. The masked recruit who won the signing bonus, including a mini spellbook from Elderwood Academy, a new set of dice from Kraken Dice Company, along with a special bonus incentive of a $100 gift card, courtesy of the Masked Helmet. Our winner is Michael McCumber. Congratulations, Mickey. So that concludes our Masked Brotherhood recruitment drive. Again, thank you everyone for submitting your Masked selfies and for throwing up those hashtags for us on social media. Uh, For those of you that haven't, either seen our social media or found us yet you can find us on twitter we are uh, at swiss army scorp we are on facebook facebook.com slash swiss army scorpion we've got our very own discord server if you want to come and chat and for anyone who feels like contributing a bit more to the podcast we always have our patreon page running we appreciate everyone that already pledges and we would definitely appreciate whatever anyone can give us We love doing this for you guys, and it's really nice to know that we are interappreciated, so thank you so much for that. So once again, a big congratulations to Mickey, and a big thank you to everyone that joined up for the Mass Brotherhood. And without further ado, I welcome you in to episode 120, From Reason to Treason. Buttered assholes. Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. How's everybody doing? Lubricated. Okay, so you guys are in Port Peril, and Devoth and the crew just rolled up to Fort Hazard, the Hurricane King's fort, uh, to call an emergency council meeting. So you're you're escorted into the fort and uh, down one corridor, across another one, up some stairs, and you're brought into uh, the the council room that you guys went to. Uh, at the beginning of book five for the the scheduled council meeting. And it's, as of right now, empty. Uh, the servant says, uh, uh, please uh, make yourselves comfortable while I inform the Hurricane King of your arrival. And uh, I'm sure uh, he'll send someone to uh, entertain you while you wait. All right. So you guys, uh, you guys are left alone in the, uh, in the meeting hall. And sometimes, sometimes going to pass. Ivan's going to take his elbow, kind of. Elbow Devoth, look at him with like a very pleading look on his face. Like, please, please just listen. And he's going to say, Now look, some of these people are not going to want to go to war. And you cannot negotiate with Chip. Just keep that in mind. Pilot Lord or not, some of these people are just not going to understand and they're not going to, they're going to say, War, no way, not doing it. I don't want that risk. On the first point, um, it seems like war is going to come to them whether they want it or not. Whether they want to see that fact is, uh, I guess, up to them. But, uh, yeah, negotiating with Chip in this room is, even I know that's a bad idea. 
this isn't my first time here. I mean, you were here for my first time here. Yeah, so. but I know how you get when you're trying to do the right thing. Just keep in mind, this isn't the battle arena. It's the political arena. And right doesn't always mean the right thing here. At that moment, uh, the door on the far end of the hall opens, like the one that Kurdak Bonefist disappeared into at the end of the last meeting. And out steps Sadak Goldtooth. Of course. Oh, this asshole. <laughs> and he opens the door and he's and he like looks right at Devoth and he's got like he's got a strange expression on his face. Like he's it's like kind of calculating looking. He's kinda like looking down his nose at you, but he's also kinda like he's got like some swagger in his stance and he like stands steps to the side and closes the door behind him. And it's just you guys and Sadak in the room. And uh he like slow like kinda like takes his time, like kinda like slowly, uh but casually walks up towards the table and it's just like silent in the hall and like you just hear like from his uh feet, from his boots, uh clicking on the floor, and he he grabs a chair right next to where Kurdak Bonefist would sit and uh he sits down in it. Has anybody else sat down yet or are you guys kinda like milling about? I assume there's no food out, so I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we would have already been on top of it. Uh, uh, Under that assumption, I imagine we're just kind of milling about waiting for something to happen. Okay, so he sits down in the chair and he's like leaning back and he's like kind of like picking at his chin, staring at you guys. Like a beat passes, two beats, three beats, and then like, like a big grin on his face and he spreads his arm and he says... Captain Devoth, welcome back to Fort Hazard. How have you and your crew been? Uh, can I roll sense motive? <laughs> sure. Immediately, don't trust this guy. <laughs> 20. And all the while, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so happy I gave words of caution to Devoth when I did. <laughs> Are you trying to look for deceptions or motives? Deception, or... specifically in the phrase, uh, we're happy to see you back. Or whatever okay. he just said. Like, was he really happy, or were they like, see, upset that we're here? <laughs> One of those, God damn it, he came back. Things. Right. Like, we were kind of hoping that we'd send this guy off to an island, and with his track record, they'd be long dealt with. Well, he's seen you guys since too. then. It was yeah. af- it was after the the audit on the island that you guys came here, right? And you guys, I think it's all the same crew. You guys would yeah. remember but when we you guys went. Him. We didn't like, oh, actually know. interact with them. Yeah, no, yeah, but that was that was like that, that was, was like just now, yeah. The, um, I'm talking about at the beginning of book five when you guys were done with the council meeting. He was waiting for you up on the ship, and he was being like a huge asshole, almost like daring you guys to fight him. Yeah, he was like, just because you won a contest, like because just because you were one of us, technically doesn't said, mean you're one of us. Yeah, he said because you you won our scholarship, that doesn't make you one of us. And then he kind of uh, threw it in Devoth's face that he lost Tuck Tuck on the island yeah um so with a 20 i don't there's no question in your mind ivan that he's he's being very facetious right now and it's not necessarily sarcasm but he is definitely kind of like making fun of you guys in pretending to be very happy to see you he's being obnoxious in an insulting way yeah it's kind of on brand for him he's kind of doing everything he can to get a rise out of devoth so what do you guys do yeah well, he says we're so happy to have you back and Devos just kind of gives him a, like a half grin. And be like, "Yes, I'm. I'm sure you're quite thrilled to see me, but 
more important than your preening is we need to call an emergency pirates council meeting now. Is someone parking your spot, Devos? I mean, if they did, I would have just sunk their boat. That's not the problem. Oh, oh of course you would have. Devoth does what he wants. Devoth don't listen to no man. <laughs> so, uh, and he kind of like scoots forward. He's like, but seriously, Devoth, give me the gossip. What's this What's this meeting about? Well, that's the thing about a parrot council meeting is uh, that's where we bring up these events. So uh, why don't we get to calling the emergency council meeting? He says, oh, it's underway. I passed the guy in the hallway. I'm here. I'm here waiting, just like you are. It's it's gonna happen as soon as possible. And the emergency uh, meeting happens. Thirty four cents motive to see if he's actually like. It, are the proceedings actually underway, or is he just being a dick again? Okay, you believe him, and you also get the impression that he is, even if he's trying to stay cool about it, he is. He does seem like he's genuinely interested in why you've called a meet uh, an emergency meeting. All right. And he was like, he's like, look, look, like we're all we're all on the council here. And while we're while we're waiting, you, uh, you bounce some stuff off me. Maybe I can help you pitch whatever it is so important that uh, maybe I can uh, help you butter the crowd up. I I nudge the Voth very gingerly from behind political arena. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll like I'll even turn to Ivan and whisper like. If there's one thing I don't need help with, it's buttering up a crowd. <laughs> I think on that statement and go, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'll turn back to Sadak and just kind of smirk at him like, well, you you can find out when everyone else does. I don't like repeating myself. Disjected, I pull a chair out and sit down and kind of slump in my seat. Despite your advice, you were hoping I was going to negotiate with yeah, you. Yeah, just throw the guy a <laughs> throw the guy a bone. Like everything tells you, he actually cares. But no, it's 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 perfect. Devots and Ivan absolutely is just head down, plops, pulls the seat out, plops down, and like he's looking at the table. So he he shrugs at Devoth and he says, "Well, have it your way." And uh, for the next like half hour, it's just going to be. The six of you guys in this room, and Devoth and uh, and Goldtooth is just like having an awkward staring contest. No, he he's just he's like he's just like like with his fingernails, and he's just like doing everything he can, whether whether he's legitimately bored or he's just trying to like kind of out of ideas and still wants to be annoying for Devoth. You're not totally sure. He's being obviously annoyingly bored. Yeah. Uh, just like stretching really loud. Just... So half hour goes by and... Uh, and there's still no food. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, right? The uh, the door, o- the, the back door opens again and you see uh, the man who uh, christened Sandara Quinn as a free captain. Yep. Um, sweet Lips. Uh, he and he walks in, and he says, "Ah, I, looks like I'm still early." Captain Devoth, good day. Sweet lips, how you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. Uh, so what's this? What's this meeting about? And he sits down next to uh, Sadak, and he says, "Goldtooth, have you heard anything?" <laughs> <laughs> Goldtooth is like, "No." He, he says he doesn't want to repeat himself, so he's he's keeping us 
in the dark until the the meeting starts. I was trying to talk shop and try to uh, give him some pointers, but he's he's being uh, he's being stubborn. And he looks at you and he gives you a wink, like like you're in on it or yeah. something. <laughs> I'll even like tip my hat at him, like you got it. <laughs> uh, and Sweet Lips is oh well, very well, very well. And he uh, and he just kind of leans back and joins the the waiting, though he's not being annoying about it. Uh, hey, Sadak, how did how did you get that gold tooth? Oh my God, T- about ten years ago, kid, I was I was raiding a merchant ship. Captain thought he'd take out a a pistol. And he'd blow my brains out. But at the last second, I caught it. Nuh-uh. Lost a tooth, though. Nuh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> so the, oh, the, God, bullet, the bullet replaced your tooth and it was gold? Scram, you're not that dumb. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> <laughs> I just fucking went them at this point. He says, no, you idiot. I spat the bullet out, cut his head off, and I used some of the plunder to get myself a gold tooth. I see some sense motive yeah. rolls have been rolled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 32 for Devoth. Is, is he full of shit, or is this just like is this like an actual story, or is this mm-hmm. just like the tall tale he tells of how he lost a tooth? Like You can tell he's like stretching some truths, changing some details at the very least, but you're pretty sure the entire story is bullshit. Though it is commendable that he came up with it so quick. Right. Uh, like Just kind of like, didn't even be like, uh, mm. Well, no, he, he was just like ready for it as, as if uh, he stays up late at night just writing down different stories to tell people when they ask him about his tooth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is just the next one on the list. Yeah. And the waiting continues. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Another half hour goes by and the door that you came through opens up and you see Tessa Fairwind. And she's got a a couple uh, officers with her, uh, just as Devoth brought some of his officers she comes in and uh, she sees the occupants of the room, including Goldtooth, and uh, she just kind of gives Devoth a nod and uh, has a seat. Devoth, you may get the feeling that she's she she may have wanted to talk to you uh, about the nature of the meeting, but maybe she's holding your tongue with the current company. Right. Another ten minutes goes by, and uh, Aranax and Demian shows up with some of his officers, and more and more quickly the room starts to fill up. And then finally, Kurdak Bonefist arrives, and he so he saunters in. Uh, so like he's got the the pistol in his hand, he and he slumps down in his uh, his like big wooden throne. And uh, coming in the room with him is a woman that you remember seeing at the feast you guys went to when you were initially made uh, free captain, and you remember uh, she was kind of hanging on his arm, whispering in his ear. Oh yeah, uh, she's a very very beautiful woman. She's got dark. Uh, dark red hair and it's it's kind of the same thing she's sitting sitting down at the chair directly to his left and every once in a while she just kind of leans in she like with a grin on her face uh whispers something in bone fist's ear and he just kind of chuckles and goes back to whatever he was doing can i make like can i make like a check of some sort to like because it just occurred to me that this woman is, like, always whispering in his ear. Like, is it just a constant, like, uh, hypnosis effect? Like, is there something I can, like, kind of roll to... Yeah, so, Tom, you, do, you don't see any magical aura being created when she starts speaking. There are, this room, though, is just filled with magic. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are it's you're you're in you're sitting in a room filled with the most powerful people in the country. Right. Everybody is just decked out with magic shit. It's pro- like if you wanted to read an aura, I would make you like make a concentration check because to there, filter it's out so distracting. Sh- sure. To filter the one thing out from the sheer amount of shit in this room. Yeah. That said like there's like uh there's you know magical auras all over Bone Fizz. There's magical auras on this woman, magical auras on uh Sadak, though you already saw that and just like everybody. Uh but you're not seeing anything come about when she whispers. It seems like she's just kind of like maybe just whispering sweet nothings or like sharing a meme with him or something. <laughs> Your bone fist is so bony. <laughs> I'm curious about her, but uh, I guess I'll keep my curiosity silent for now. And one of the last people to enter the room is the Master of Gales. Oh. Now that the room is like pretty full of people, there's side conversations going on here and there. And Ivan, uh, the Master of Gales turns and he, he sees you. And you're pretty sure you've never met the Master of Gales, but he looks at you as if he recognizes you. And uh, and he walks right up to you. He he gets to you, and he for a moment he he stops and he turns to Devoth and he says, "Captain Devoth, Master of Gales," says, "I'm looking forward to seeing the nature of this uh, emergency meeting that pulled me away from very important business." Oh, I assure you, it's not more important than what I've got. We'll see. Uh, and then he turns back to Ivan, and he says, "Ivan." Yes? I say yes back in druidic. His, his lips uh, curve in a smile. And uh, in druidic, he says, uh, You'll be happy to know that your grandfather Bjorn found what he was looking for. What? You would see, for everyone else, you would see Ivan actually jump up out of his seat. Like, stand up and face um, the Master of Gales. And then I would continue on with, You know where Bjorn is? He says, well, uh, it's not as simple as that, but I do know that he reached his goal. I still haven't figured out what his goal was. Well, I think he wanted you to learn of that on your own, Uh, but he did pass through here several decades ago. I wasn't the old salt you see before you. I assisted him in uh, some research that uh, was required for his quest. I don't know of his whereabouts and state of being today, but I know that he reached his goal. I appreciate you letting me know that, and I'm sorry if I'm out of place, but would it be possible for me to get the research that you gave him? He says, sadly, no. Bjorn took the research with him. It was of no use to me once... uh, once that phase of his quest was complete. I understand. Thank you but again for letting me know, though. It was my pleasure. Your grandfather was a mysterious dwarf, but <laughs> he was a good man. You're right on both accounts. And uh, with that, he, he sends one more nod at Captain Devoth and turns and goes and finds a seat. I assume that whole conversation was in Druidic? Yes. Okay. And you would now see Ivan return to his seat, and I'm wherever Scram was thinking about that bone fist. I'm not in this room <laughs> right now. So there's a there's a sudden loud 
bang! Uh, and you all look over, and Kardak Bonefist has fired his pistol uh, into the air, and some plaster falls onto the table. There was it wasn't like unreasonably loud in the room, but he just that's just the way he uh, calls for silence, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and he looks around the room, like looking like real, real ugly and and upset, like as if everybody. It's it's like. He was like, it's time for silence. Why don't they get that yet without actually like calling for silence? Like he's just real mad at everybody for talking. <laughs> and who put a hole in my meeting room? <laughs> <laughs> so uh after a after a few moments his uh his gaunt uh gaze around at all of you breaks and uh he flashes a grin. He says well, I don't believe anybody was expecting the newest pirate lord, Devoth Songcleaver, to call an emergency meeting mere months after his promotion. I'm sure we're all very eager to hear what he has to say. Devoth, the floor is yours. I just kind of give him like a, a little bow, bow of the head, and be like, Thank you, Captain Bonefist. Um, I'm sure it's very unusual for someone as recently promoted as I am to be doing this, but I assure you I come with uh, very dire news indeed. And like, I reach into my belt pouch, my bag, and I pull out the stack of papers that we took from Harrigan's Island, from Harrigan himself. And like I kind of like spread them out on the table in such a way that like the most damning thing is actually like in front of Tessa Fairwind, because she's the one who I know is going to back me up the most on this. Oh, and I, I spread out all the documentation, and then I like address the the entire council. On the table before you is documentation proving that one Barnabas Harrigan was a spy for the royal house of Thrun in Chelyax. And not only that, there's like an immediate like like murmur 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 yeah around the table. Yes, and not only that, there is intelligence right here saying that in five days' time, a massive navy from Chelyax is going to emerge from the Eye of Abandego and launch an invasion of the Shackles. I called this meeting to gather our strength to go and meet it and prevent this before they take us over. Devoth, give me a diplomacy or intimidate check. You yeah. know what? Give me a diplomacy check. All right, well, I'm going to use a hero point on this. Okay. Oh. And that's a good thing I did, because that, that's going to bring my total up to a 32. Nice. Okay. The the papers are all like spread out on the table and some of them are within reach of some of the pirate lords, some of them are in within reach of other pirate lords, and everyone's kinda like like grabbing the nearest paper and looking through it. The one of the pirate lords uh you know is named Hardluck Macy. He's like reading one of the one of the notes and he puts it back down and uh he, he leans over to uh somebody uh sitting next to him and you can you can hear him not really trying to lower his voice that much. He's like, "This could have been forged, so they could justify attacking Harrigan." And then like other people are like, "Oh, I don't like like that's a very like it's a serious thing to be happening." Like, like he's got he's got some papers here, but like I don't know. Uh, Tessa Farrowin speaks up and she says, uh, "This is exactly what I've been trying to prevent happening." By weeding out chelish spies. For too long, we've sat on our thumbs, letting the chelish crawl around the shackles, doing whatever they please. I'm only one 
pirate lord. I tried my damnedest to get rid of all of them, but it was a fool's errand. Clearly, looking at this evidence, we need to take action now. And some, you see some of them like nodding their head like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And other people are not so sure. As, as a way to respond to Hard Luck Macy kind of like doing that, that stage whisper mm-hmm. about just using it as forgery, I would tell him like, Tessa and Aranax both can tell you that I did not need this as a justification to come after Harrigan. He came at me first. I was more than justified in going after him without any knowledge of this beforehand. Tessa and Aranax would both nod at these words, and they say, they say what Devoth says is true. Uh, Captain Harrigan sent a, a fleet at Devoth's island. Uh, we had an arrangement with him earlier. With the assistance of some of our own ships, I uh, was able to repel that attack. Kurdak Boneface clears his throat, and he says, <clears throat> Well, even supposing this threat were real, meeting the Chelish on the open sea only plays to their strengths especially with their teleporting diabolic allies. If this threat is real and not some farcical invention by untested lords eager to cast a disparaging light upon their rival Harrigan, who they obviously feel deserves more humiliation than mere defeat can offer, let those devils try their hands against our ports after they have been forced to endure the wrath of Abendago itself. Whatever emerges from the northern storm will be in no shape to take even a single atoll. And all of the pirate lords who were like not so sure about uh, sailing off to war like grab onto this and they're like, that's a really good point. Like, How are they going to be in any shape to come at us? At this point, Devos going to grab the like whoever managed to have it or if it's on the table, the, like, the actual contract mm-hmm. signed with like Thrun and what was it, like Abadar or one of the, the one of those devils. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm literally just gonna like, walk over and like slap that down in front of the Hurricane King. Like they have devilish protection against the storm. They're going to emerge just fine. We need to meet them with force, or they're going to cut the shackles in half and dismantle us island by island. At this point, Goldtooth kind of stands up. So like, like you like stood up and you walked over and you sl- like slapped the paper down in front of Bonefist, and he stands up and he's looking at you like like you're just eye level with each other. He's just like sending daggers at Devoth and he's and with like the most oily voice, he's like, Devoth has apparently been quite busy with his new station of Lord. I heard he already killed one of his guests from his inaugural feast, Beidu Hanji, and the Lord's own protege, Keith Assaultspray. Now he's come to us with boasts of his latest murder, Barnabas Harrigan. We all know your disdain for the slave trade and your quarrel with Harrigan is all but common knowledge. Then he like turns to the rest of the the room. He says, It appears Devoth fancies himself allowed to kill whoever he disagrees with. And he's like directing this at all of the the unsure pirate lords as almost like a like a warning, like watch your back around Devoth. I'm almost gonna just ignore him as I address the rest of the council again. And I'll tell them like my disdain for Harrigan was well known. I I didn't hide it. But that doesn't change the fact that he attacked me first with a massive fleet. My retaliation was completely justified, and any of you would have done the same. On top of that, it's true. I did kill Beidou Hondry. I did kill Keith Saltzbray. But only because they ambushed me as I was as I was finishing up eliminating a demonic cult that had been plaguing Hell Harbor for decades. Aaron. I was defending myself, nothing more. 
Aaron X sends you like a beaming, like smiling like, nod when you say that. Like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Kurdak Bonefist, uh, he like slams his pistol down on the table like a gavel and he says, he says, my lords, be seated. And he like sits back and he waits for Goldtooth to sit down, which he does like, like just like smoldering and staring at Devoth and he's waiting for Devoth to take his seat. Yeah, I'll go sit down. All right, and while Devoth is walking back, the uh, the the lady at his uh, at his left side uh, leans in. And she like whispers something else. Of course, she does. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> I know something's what up with her. What a bitch. I know something's up with her. <laughs> is there any way to uh, like read lips or like know what the message is? Like a spell that you could covertly cast just for not not now, but like in the future. She does a very good job. Almost. Like purposefully, every time she uh, whispers into his ear, to have her mouth concealed, like oh. it's it's almost Ugh. like only because Scram, you're like like leaning forward in your seat, like glaring at her, going "you bitch" every time she whispers <laughs> in his ear. Can you even like detect that her mouth is moving at all? Like you can see like her jaw like going up and down, but yeah. only so slightly. Oh my God. She's like ventriloquizing it. <laughs> I know there are spells for delivering messages covertly, like, anyway, like, you know. I almost want to blast her right now. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, Tom. <laughs> Tom's like, I, gotta dis- I have a disintegrate with your name on it, bitch. <laughs> Bonefist is, he's, like, glaring around at the at the table. You might be waiting for him to settle back into his cocky grin, but he doesn't. And he's just got, like, one hand on the table and one hand on his... Uh, pistol which is also on the table he like leans forward glaring down everybody he says i suggest the lords of this council make ready their squadrons for when and if they will be needed but any captain sailing north on this foolish mission to go fight phantoms will be in effect weakening our forces where they will be needed if this is all but a ruse intended to distract us from a still hidden attack and he slams his his gun on the table again like a gavel and he says this meeting is adjourned and he stands up and walks out dang uh i am gonna like i know scram's been very suspicious of this lady and whispering in his ear but like at this point i'm fairly confident she's a chelish plant like she was sent here to, like, just make him useless and weaken the shackles in general for when this chelish, chelish navy was going to show up. Hmm. Okay. I'm just have an all-out brawl right now. I'm ready for it. Oh, Let's Devoth's go. pissed. I but mean... He knows better right now. <laughs> so what is everybody doing? One by one, uh, everybody's kind of standing up. Not really sure what to do with themselves. Like, the ones who were like, like, war, this is crazy. I don't want to do this. We're told, prepare for war. And the ones who are like, yeah, we need to sail out and meet this threat head on. We're told, once you're done preparing, stay where you are. So, like, nobody's really happy right now. Everyone's kind of grumbling. Some people are throwing looks at Devoth. Some of those looks are, are angry. Some of them are fearful. Yeah. I want to have a conversation with Tessa Fairwind. Yeah. she uh, Like, catch her before she leaves the room if she even wants to leave before talking to me. So, she actually... you You see her walking towards you but she's also kind of like like almost like she's gonna walk past you and, and walk out the room and she's like uh she's like oh devoth while you were here i uh i had a question for you and she kind of beckons you into like the antechamber okay i'll follow her in there 
And as soon as uh, you round a corner, she grabs your hand and you teleport away. Oh, shit. Unless you resist. Uh, mm. No, I won't resist. <laughs> you are teleported into a cage on the Chelish flagship. Ah! I'm just kidding. I was like, fuck! <laughs> he goes, uh, no, so you reappear and you're you're you have no idea where you are, except that you're in like a basement, a cellar of some sorts. It's a little dusty, uh, and there's a very strong but appetizing odor of like like cooked salted meats coming from somewhere. So she she turns to you and she has never looked more serious. And she says, Devoth, Bonefist be damned. I'm coming to the north of the Shackles with you to meet this fleet. And I know some other pirate lords who can be convinced to do the same. Well, that's good. Hopefully it'll be enough to, I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to stop this fleet without the full force of the Shackles, but hopefully we can put up enough of a fight to at least tell them, make them turn back, think it's not worth the, the trouble. Either way, we need we need to do it. We can't let them just sail into the shackles with no resistance. She nods, and she says, Bonefist was right about one thing. They're bound to have devils with them. And whether it's on the open sea or within a harbor, their ability to teleport wherever they want, whenever they want, cannot be underestimated. And I would rather them utilize that advantage on the open sea instead of in the harbor of Tempest K, where they can, while the battle is happening on the open water, go into the city and slaughter innocents and mass while we're distracted. Aye, that's a fair point. She looks like she's like, like maybe she's going to be sick. She, like, she just looks like very fearful and very serious. And she takes a breath. <sighs> she says, okay. Um, well, shit, that was my only teleport spell today. Um <laughs> Yeah, where the hell are we? Uh, at that point, the, the door to the cellar opens, and you see a kobold uh, walking down the steps. And he, he looks up, and he, he sees you two, and he's like, Ah! Ah, Tessa Fairwind. What are you doing here? And she says, We're not doing anything here. We're not even here. And she gives him, like, a big wink. And he's like, Ah, very well. And he uh, <laughs> he just, like, walks right past you guys, and he goes into... What looks like some sort of like meat locker, and he walks back up the stairs with like a gigantic hunk of meat over his shoulder, <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Well, uh, I guess we need to get back to our to our ships." Oh, here, and she reaches into her package. She hands you uh, the mechanical parrot. Oh, thanks. Uh, she says, "Maybe, uh, maybe you can send your crew a message, and they can come pick us up." Where are we? Oh, uh, you walk up the stairs, and you're in a. Well, it looks like a butcher shop. You walk out the the door and you recognize the streets of Port Peril. Um, you know that you're in uh, Eastwind. Oh, so we're like right across the bay from Lucerhold. On her way out, she uh, she shouts, uh, nothing today, Fester Scale, maybe tomorrow. And he's like, ah, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. The kobold. He seems nice. Yeah, seems like a decent fellow. So yeah, I guess I'll... Take a walk back to, I guess, Merchant's Marina. I think that's where we docked the uh, the the Mascador. Let's go back to Fort Hazard real quick. So everybody else is still there. Uh, you probably saw Devoth get led out of the room by Tessa Farrowin, who said she needed to ask Devoth a question, real casual like, whether or not like maybe if like you followed him, 
Like, you turn the corner, he's just gone. Right. Or if anybody was just, like, lingering, trying to brush elbows with some of the other pirate lords, like, Devoth never returns. So, what does everybody do? I would like to talk the to the Master of Gales. Sure. Uh, he's kind of, like, making his way for the door, as are most other people, but, you know, you can run up and catch him. I go, um, just wondering... Do you know anything about that lady that Kurdek Bonefist is with? He he turns to you and he, he and he says, "Why scram? Uh, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't bring up uh, the Hurricane King's Bonefist. You said that you would at the next <laughs> meeting." <laughs> uh, He's got you there, yeah. dude. You did say that. Karma he says, "I says I was ready to back you up." <laughs> I roll uh, I roll sense motive on that. Go for it. It's going to be 100% true. 24. You can tell that he's he's kind of fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, but he does he, he is genuinely disappointed that you didn't bring it up, but he also had no intention of backing you up. Right. He just wanted to see what would happen. I kind of I kind of smile at it. I was just like, "Yeah, I know you would." I'm disappointed myself. Unfortunately, I think uh, the conversation took a rather uh, dire turn. So, uh, anyway, do you know anything on the woman that he's with? Ah, uh, uh, Hyapatia is her name, and she's been uh, the Hurricane King's arm candy for uh, quite some time now. He he attends meetings without her sometimes, but. He rarely makes a public appearance without Hypatia at his side. Why the interest, Scram? I think she's a little out of your league. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree. Uh, I guess I'm... I don't know, I can't shake the feeling that uh, those whispers are a little bit more than just uh, sweet nothings, I guess. You think she's manipulating the Hurricane King? I guess... Um, I'm kind of just, uh, I think I'm just reaching for something that I don't think I'm going to get to until, uh, Devoth breaks. <laughs> I, for one, can't wait to read the book, Scram, that you write one day of the multitude of conspiracies <laughs> wound around the Hurricane King. I That's hope you solve so them one day. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to tin, invent tinfoil just for your new hat line. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Alex? I'm going to start writing that book. I don't think I have anything else to work on yet. <laughs> Would it be hoping too much that you'd be willing to bring that up at the next council meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I I like kind of let out a hard chuckle at that one. Uh, I mean, that one seems a little bit risky. Um. Yes, we should separate them first. Just, uh, for, like, I guess, for my purposes, if you can kind of just look into that yourself, uh, I I just can't shake the feeling. Scram, what do you think I got interrupted doing when this emergency meeting got called? You were looking in to see if, uh, Hypatia was a spy? No. I'm <laughs> fucking with you, Scram. <laughs> Uh, I I do I do enjoy our talks though. Uh, <laughs> it's 
it is refreshing to talk to someone so um, askewed from the from social norms. You have a unique way of thinking, my boy. Uh, so the Master of Gales would would leave shortly after that. Probably not too much time would pass before you guys were like, "Where the fuck did Devoth go? What do you guys do? He's he's just nowhere to be seen." Well, I would say we'd round up and go do whatever shopping we need with the expectation he'll be on the boat when we get back. It's not the first time oh. he's just disappeared. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. He hasn't been gone long enough. Like, if we go back to the boat and he's still not there, then I might be a little bit like, hmm. That okay, fair like enough. a good voice of reason, yeah. I would follow along with Ivan. So you guys exit the fort. You're given a uh, like a cart ride back to the dock and a uh, a ferry brings you uh, back to Merchant's Marina, and you guys are free to do your shopping. All right. Nice. Really turn this day around. Me too. Oh, kimono. Yeah, kimono brothers. Uh, but can... <laughs> ah, per- a perfectly mundane kimono. Good choice. Yes. And also, what are the kimonos I... for, exactly? Yeah, let's kimono all talk brothers. about the kimonos and how it awesome feels those good. are. <laughs> yeah, they're nice, nice and silky. Skin. Look how sharp we look. I wish we had these when we went to see the Pirate Lords. We would have gotten way more respect. So, yeah, who wants to talk about these otherworldly kimonos that you guys went and bought? Uh, well, we just did. They're silk. They're sharp as fuck. For oh. those wondering what the actual mechanical <laughs> function of them is. That's all I needed to know. It sounds like they're just normal kimonos that cost <laughs> like 70,000 gold. And, you know, they don't Have do anything else. I'm fine with silk? that. <laughs> <laughs> but this kimono... It grants the wearer a plus four resistance bonus on all saving throws and a plus four bonus on all caster level checks. So, like, Ivan no longer needs his cloak of resistance because this is now a better cloak of resistance than what he had. Yeah, and it won't stack with it either. Right. And now Leon has, you know, functionally a cloak of resistance while keeping his cloak of the manta ray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once per day, the wearer can capture a single creature within 60 feet within the kimono. No save shunting the victim into an extra-dimensional space as if using the maze spell. What? Yeah, you heard it. What? You heard it. Yeah. Just get and in my it, Komodo, bitch. It is enticing. When we when we part the kimono, you have to enter. <laughs> yeah. Like, you and, know how the Mass Brotherhood is, like, this secret powerful organization? Yeah. I envision this the birth of what the Mass Brotherhood always wanted to be. That's awesome. So how much are they? Can I wear one? Probably uh, money bags. They they cost sixty seven thousand, and oh with the ten percent add on, because they're not like guaranteed to be here, they're like seventy three thousand, like seven hundred. All right. Well, Daddy doesn't have enough money, but I'm gonna be every time I see you guys, I'm just gonna be so jealous at your new threads and your new club yeah. you're starting. That's so cool. <laughs> and totally also, I have it. to I have to imagine like when Ivan wild shapes into a tiger. He's not going to have stripes anymore. He's going to have like a maze pattern on his Ooh, fur. I like that. So I blacked out for the last two minutes. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> How many of you have those kimonos now? I think just two of us. Me yeah. and Andrew. Ivan and Leon have the kimonos? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we, for anybody who would be interested in knowing, we, we, we've been using the actual random magic items rules for settlements you're like all right i'm gonna go visit quent oh it's a large city so i roll like 4d4 for minor magic items 
2d4 for medium magic items and 1d6 for major magic items or I don't, something like that and that's how many minor medium and major magic items are in that settlement and then from there you roll randomly for each individual magic item to find out what it is and the final list is representative of all of the magic items that you're able to find and purchase in the city but the the tweak that that we're doing here is if there's a magic item that you want that's not on this list you can still find it by paying a certain percent extra and that percent is dependent on if it's a minor medium or major item and also what the size of the settlement is so since you guys are in port peril it's a metropolis it's only a 10 percent uh bump for major magic items uh that makes which sense is what... i mean that all yeah it seems logical I like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, because now, it, I mean, functionally, you now have a two times per day, uh, no save maze effect, which requires a DC twenty intelligence check on the part of the victim as a full round action on their turn to escape. Yeah. So, best case scenario for the enemy, he's taken out of the fight for a full round with no save. Although it does cost a standard action for the kimono wearer to activate that power. Right. That's pretty um, good for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, that sounds pretty good to me, too. Uh, but, he didn't oh, even say full round the... action. You said a standard action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really good item. And the fact that... <laughs> It's like, I've, I'm not sure who found it first, but then another person was like, yeah, I want that too. No, like now, no, I, I'll tell you what happened. Fucking, we went, I went, Matt, what are good items? And Matt went into research mode and then mentioned it to both of us. And we were like, yep, 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 yep. I, I got a text. I got a text that says, hey, I found an item you might really yeah, like. Me, I got the exact and then I get a text. Then there's a group text that I get one. For, I see another text from Nick that's like, dude, I got the sickest kimono. And I'm like, oh, yeah, kimono brothers. So blame Matt. Oh, my God. Yeah, Matt did a good job. Yeah, very good job, <laughs> us look Take a Manny point. You earned it. Yeah. No, I'm happy for you guys. It's super it's super great. Uh, I can't wait to see it in action. Who, who did anybody else get anything fun? Um, not really fun, but Devoth uh just upgraded his ring of protection from a 2 to a 4 and upgraded an amulet of natural armor from a 2 to a 3. Okay. Just um, a little more AC. Puts Devoth at a base of a 30 AC now. Very nice. Uh, Scrum has a few force, uh, or actually just one forced, uh, item that he has to get, uh, for that spell arcane cannon. A little, a little cannon oh, figure. Yeah. Ha- however, uh, thanks to Rooster, aka Cam, he found an interesting, uh, loophole for me. I can't uh, wait to shoot it down. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Cam found that I can have... Half the crafting uh, time by increasing the DC by five, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. And at first I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then Tom was like, yo, you guys, Alex just okayed this. So like, I'm all <laughs> like, and I'm already having my crafting time with the ring of uh, sustenance and with my, my arcane discover my, yeah, my arcane discovery thing. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. He is already doing that. No, 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 no. You're not quartering your time. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you did ex- uh, allow it to happen for everything but wondrous items. 
So like, you could do that to upgrade like our weapons and armor and stuff if we were met to manage to find the time for it. Yes. Uh, so it actually literally halves the half already. All right. Well, I guess we'll just uh, move on from there. So you guys kind of do your thing, uh, walking around Merchants Marina, doing your shopping. And by the time you get back, I'm sure Devoth is done doing whatever he's doing. You get back to the Masquerade, Devoth's just waiting for you. Like, what took you so long? <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you're immediately after saying that, you're taken aback by just how fabulous they look. <laughs> Kimono boys are back you're in like, town. You're like, ah, oh, that's what took you so long. Okay, so uh, Devoth, uh, before parting with Tessa, she would have told you to meet her on her ship uh, in four hours. Okay. So I assume everyone gets back in time for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, once once everyone shows up looking all fabulous, uh, we'll take a longboat over to Tessa's ship and see what uh, see what she wanted. Okay. Or if it's also parked in a merchant marina, we'll just you know walk. Yeah. So you uh, you show up to her ship, which is indeed parked in Merchants Marina. So once you're below decks, you see Tessa Fairwind and the Master of Gales and Aranax and Demian. They turn to you and Aranax and Demian says, Captain Devoth, I apologize for my bluntness, but I have to ask, is it true that the Chelish will invade? Well, yes, you saw the evidence. It's... They're on their way. They'll be here in five days. He turns and he like punches the wall and he's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite pirate. Like, <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> he's great. Like if I wasn't sailing under Devoth, he'd probably be my first option. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he like punches the wall and then uh, that turns into him just kind of like leaning against the wall holding his palm against uh, the wooden boards, and he's just like like head bowed and he like shakes his head and he says and yet we're ordered to, to keep our ships and our fleets and wait for this force to come to us it's lunacy aye it is lunacy and Tessa uh, pipes up and she says that's why I've called everybody here I think we're betraying the shackles by doing nothing I think it is our duty as the pirate lords who have the clarity to understand the seriousness of this, to act. I have quite a few ships at my disposal. Uh, Lord Aranax, I know that your harbor boasts a fair number of warships as well. And Master of Gales, Master of Gales like holds his hand up when she addresses him, and he says, if indeed this threat is imminent, appearing at the northern border of the Shackles. Should they not be repelled, my city of Hell Harbor will be the first port that they land on. And because of this, I would leave the bulk of my forces there, just in case. However, I personally will escort the rest of your fleets to the north and offer whatever assistance I can give. No offense, Captain Gales. Uh, if you don't bring your whole fleet to meet this invasion, we're, like, if we lose, it won't matter if your fleet is protecting the harbor. Like, we need to stop them when they get here, otherwise they're going to just cut a path right through. He says, my mind is made up. 
I will, of course, help you, but it would be foolish to throw every ship we have at this heading. Kurdak Bonefist is a fool, but he... It wasn't without merit, his statement of other threats swooping in to catch our ports unawares while we have all of our attention up north. If that does happen, my city will be the most vulnerable, being as close as it is to the conflict. And should things turn for the worse, would be best positioned out of all fleets to bring its aid north and deliver a decisive strike. Devoth's just like, all right, I turned to Tessa. Like, all right, so what's the plan? She says, well, uh, everybody here is in. We need to get as much su- additional support as we can. Devoth, if you know any other captains who might listen to what you're saying, then I would urge you to go find them and try to convince them to join our cause, as will I. I would also caution you from being too loud around the wrong people. Kurdak Bonefist wasn't blatant about it, but he did very heavily imply that sailing north was testament to treason. I well, I'm the new guy, so what do I know? She gives you a smile. Well, if we make it through this, I don't think anyone will see you as the new guy anymore. Yeah, they never do for that long, I guess. Yeah, I've got the couple guys I can reach out to quietly and See if we can pass things along from there, huh? Good. Well, I will take my ship back to Quent, where, officially, we will stay and prepare for conflict. And she uh, unrolls a map of the shackles and says, Where did you say this uh, force would be amassing? And I point, I'm assuming it's like just north of Tempest K is where they'd be emerging. Yeah, it's even it's even a little farther north in the borders of this map, but yeah, it's not far off. Which is very well. Uh it is not our Hurricane King's wishes for us to amass there, so we'll simply have to stay put and see what happens. <laughs> I suppose so. Good luck to you at Shark Bane Island. Aranax and Demian and Master of Gales reciprocate your cryptic we won't do anything, but we will do stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> statements, and they uh they exit the ship. All right, so yeah, then I guess we head back to the Mascador and get ready to <laughs> head off to you know air quotes Shark Bay Island. Mm-hmm. Real quick, is Captain Cork's ship isn't at Port Peril, is it? Hmm. What are you trying to get into, Captain Cork's ship? <laughs> Take another hand. You remember seeing his sails. All right. Well, then before we leave, I'm going to go uh, pay a visit to an old friend. Okay. And I'll take Scram with me. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you sail up to uh, Crescent Harbor, where he's currently uh, staying, waiting for his quarantine to end. Oh, that poor bastard. Right. <laughs> you find him on the deck of his ship. All right. So, yeah, the, I figure Devoth and Scram approach and just kind of shout up, like, Captain Cork. Permission to come aboard. And uh, you see a head poke up from the railing, and it's Gare. He leers down at, at the two of you. After a second, uh, with a scowl, he says, Come on up. <laughs> Duvaldi walks up the gangplank. He's like, yeah, better not refuse a pirate lord. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to 
go inside one way or another. And so you scowl all your want. I'm coming up. <laughs> I'm being courteous. <laughs> you, you get up there, and Gare's walking towards the captain's cabin. And uh, when he gets there, he just bangs on the door. The door opens, and you see Cork, and says, and he uh, he's like about to say something to Gare, and then he sees you two farther down. He goes, oh, Devoth, Scram, what can I do for you? Well, we were uh, we were just getting ready to uh, to sail out, head back to home to Sharkbane, but uh, I saw your your ship over here and figured it's been a while since we've talked. What do you say? Got a few minutes to catch up with an old friend? He narrows his eyes at you, and he's like, "Sure, Devoth, uh, come on in." And he walks into his cabin. Obviously, I, I go in there with him and. Scram can either, you know, keep Gare company or come along. Oh, I go in. <laughs> He's not staying with Gare. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck that. <laughs> Gare follows you guys on. Um, Captain Cork whirls around. He says, what's the real reason you're here to see me, Devoth? Because <laughs> I don't think we've had a single encounter that wasn't either threatening Gare's life, and he, he like, tips his hat over to Gare, or uh, some sort of business proposal. Uh, well, I imagine it can't be good if you're being cryptic with me. <laughs> well, no, to be perfectly blunt, no, it's not good. Um, and I, I pull out like some of the, the the papers and and start like I assume he's got some kind of table in there. I start like laying out some of, some of the evidence that we have and and telling him like this is what we know. There's a massive fleet from Chaliax that's going to be attacking the Shackles in five days, and. Our uh, glorious leader has decided to tell everyone to hold up in their their own harbor and wait for something to happen, which is just a recipe to have us all get picked off one by one. So there are some of us who are going to try and stop this fleet before it can cut the shackles in two. I know you and I obviously (laughs) would not, you know, Friendly, but we have a history. We're companionable, I guess. And I wanted to reach out and see if you were willing to fight for your home. Or at the very least, I'll give you a head start to get the hell out of here before it all comes crashing down. He's he's quiet for a while. Gare is just kind of like off to the side. Uh, and he looks pretty stunned, too, uh, just hearing this development. And finally says, wow, um... That's a lot to take in, Captain. You're telling me. <sighs> well, keeping my head down is kind of my style. So, when you say we're going against direct order of the Hurricane King, definitely uh, definitely some, some red flags in my head, but there's no denying the, the farce that would be uh, holding up in our own ports. <sighs> I'm a treasure hunter, Devoth. I'm not... I'm not a hero, but... Yeah, I didn't think I was either. I still don't think I am. I just take out whoever gets in my way, and I guess it's worked out so far. But uh, right now, this fleet's going to be in everyone's way. (sighs) Well, I mean, you can take over the ships. Yeah, imagine the... (laughs) Look at Scramley. That's a good point. Imagine the treasure they're going to have on their ships. (laughs) That's true. All right. Well, I'm thinking it's something I could be convinced to do, but I wouldn't be a pirate, Devoth, if I didn't ask you 
what I would have to gain from this instead of just taking mine, me and my own and finding some quiet atoll, keep being a treasure hunter. Shackles are great, but if we just take our enterprise south, lie low around Sanghor, we'd still carve out a living for ourselves. Aye, you probably could. How much? How long till the, the Chelish decide the shackles isn't enough and they want to push down to Blood Cove and down to Sanghor and down and down and down? You can either help us fight them here or you can run from them for the rest of your life. Something else I thought about too, Captain, is we're clearly talking about high treason, potentially, which means that if we come out of this victorious, Devoth comes out victorious, which means you could potentially take over ownership of an island or two. Potentially. I could potentially get hanged for high treason. Oh, you're going to do it anyway. You said that I was less than the books that you gave me. I'm trying to help you out by fighting with you, and you can use the knowledge that you've given me, or you can run away. Captain Cork is quiet for a little bit. He's thinking, and he says, I have some extra ships that I could spare, including this one. He just kind of gestures vaguely, and he says, but if I'm going to help out Pirate Lord Devoth, I think, uh, I think I would like to have my own dock at Sharkbane Island that I can disappear to every so often. Maybe, uh, maybe a, a room of my own up in those Cyclops ruins that I heard about. Scram kind of giggles, knowing full well what's to come if that were to happen. What, that we still have Cyclops that <laughs> like to live there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Devoth is like, well, I tell you what, we've got a, uh, I mean, you're always welcome on Sharkbane Island, Cork. You're, again, probably the closest thing I've got to a to a friend among the other captains here. Um, but I know we've got the we've got the Cyclops ruins up there. We do have a couple of Cyclops that you know actively live there, but we do have an abandoned watchtower on the northern part of the island as well. You could easily turn that into a nice little uh, hide you hold for yourself. It's right near the shore. He stands up, uh, which doesn't make much difference in his height. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, Captain Devoth, I think you have a deal. And he holds out his hand to be shaken. All right. And Devoth shakes his hand. And just kind of like as we're getting ready to head out, I just want to like, tell him, like, if you have any other pirates that you know, that you trust, that you think would be willing to join us, spread the word. But uh, obviously don't let it spread too far because... We don't need the Hurricane King coming down on us before we can even save his ass. Of course, of course. What I tell you, Devoth? <laughs> Keeping my head down is what I do. All right. Uh, you, you show him uh, the parlay point and the date. He says, I'll see you there, Captain. And we'll see you next week. Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Nice. All right. It's coming together, boys. See ya. See ya. See ya. Cheryl's going to kick his feet up and uh, pat himself on the back for a job well done tonight. <laughs>